Let's get past them every day. I think we're going to do a great job. All right. Sounds good, man. I tell a little bit of my background um, and kind of what, how, how I came about getting into this, right? Um, I was born and raised in California, actually. We just moved up to Utah a year ago. Uh, I wanted to switch up the career, give some better opportunities for, for me and the kids. Um, but, you know, I, I, I grew up a little bit dusty. If, you, if any of y'all follow me, if you don't follow me, check. There's a little, a little caveat I put to the bottom of all my Dusty Sun videos saying that I was that dusty kid. So majority of the time, and I'm so, I'm so glad I get to be a part of this podcast because I want to enable other men to recognize like where the dust is so we could just kick it off and mm. get to moving forward. And majority of my, my issues came up from, uh, you know, I was raised by a very strong single mom. She was wonderful. She was amazing, but she wasn't my dad. You know, mm. she wasn't a dad. She couldn't be. Uh, she, she acted like, she taught me how to play football. She, she knows how to throw football better than I do. Okay. She was that PE teacher that everybody was like, oh, yeah, I want her on my team. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, coming up like that, it, there were a lot of things missing and uh, a lot of things that I've been healing, I've been trying to come to grips with after becoming a husband and becoming a father. It's your, uh, <laughs> your flaws are very well known. They're out there, whether she says something or the kids say something or you just recognize in yourself, like, wow, I just did that so dusty come mm. on man um so i i started in on the socials for a little bit um just being a consumer i was swiping a lot and my wife was like you know what you're funny sometimes babe like why don't you make some stuff so i started posting things other than the regular pictures here and there the kids and whatnot food all that and uh eventually she said to to niche down to really post things that you care about and that matters to you because you know i I, I've got a deeper voice, but you know, I got deep thoughts pretty often as well. And she said, you should get that out there. So uh, I started talking about the dusty sun thought process, you know, and I feel like it's a good, uh, it's a good conversation to have, you know, to say, Hey, these are some things that we could do better. These are some things that we need to work on. And, you know, it's got me to this point now. I, my original <laughs> video that really just blew up was going to a tea party uh, taking my girls to a tea party uh, rather than taking them to Golden Corral, right? Yeah. And I actually got no beef with Golden Corral, right? I was raised up on, you know, hometown buffet and Chuckarama, all, all the all the buffets, right? Going, mm -hmm. taking your uh, taking your extra <laughs> so you could bring it back home with you, you know? Like, uh, it, it was I was dusty back there, which is fine. And, you know, I don't have an issue with Golden Corral, but the point is trying to step up our game from what we used to know and, uh, you know, to a higher level. So that's that's where I'm at today, man. So I'm happy to be on with you, man. Man, it's great to have you on, brother. And and I even wrote down my first note. I wrote down, come on, man, because I think we are so quick to like look around at others, or even sometimes we'll do something and it's like, oh, come on, man. But the hardest thing for men to look at sometimes is the mirror, bro. And that mm -hmm. mirror it could be so revealing into who we are, how we act, and one of the biggest mirrors in our lives is our relationships, our relationships with our wife, our relationship with our kids and how kids would be quick to call us out when we are not acting appropriately to the values or the, the, the confines in which we set, right? We break our own rules and our quick kids will identify it. So you mentioned that we don't say that we don't say that, that, yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, you, you mentioned that process of healing, which I think a lot of guys either they circle around that drain before going in it. Right. And maybe it's identity holding on to that dusty self that they don't know anything else. Uh, maybe it's fear. Um, maybe it's anger. What was that process for you when you kind of realized I got work to do and, and how did that come about over the, the days, weeks, months, and years? Yeah, that's a great question, man. I, I think that, uh, that disease called fear was, was the biggest problem for me. You know, mm -hmm. I grew up, uh, with, with a single mom and, uh, you know, I was the only child. So everybody's like, oh, you were spoiled. I was like, with her attention. Yes. She was all over me. But as far as, uh, you know, getting the, the emotional boy, the emotional man coming out of me, it, it was, it was hard to recognize what that meant. Right. And I, I have no beef with my mom. I, I respect her. I love her so much. But there were some things that I would push down, right? Or I wouldn't tell her. I got really good at, at you know, just faking, being a liar, you know, because I didn't want to come to grips with a lot of things or just be honest and be real about it. And some of that led to addiction kind of later in, in, in my years as well. And I started to really come to grips with the addiction. That's actually what showed me the roots of the addiction. And that come that came from from not having a father, not having siblings around me, and uh, feeling like I just wasn't enough. You know that I, I couldn't really be enough, and that I never really would be. That actually translated into a lot of other places in my life, right? Like I played sports my entire life, right? I was six one by 13 okay some of my boys like they still play in the league to this day the holidays i grew up playing ball with justin drew aaron right aaron was a little dude at that time now he's a big yeah. dude but you know <laughs> like i was afraid to be the man though on the even on the court right i didn't think i could step up and be like the all-star and things mm -hmm. like that that was for other people right i let them do that thing but for me i was just gonna play my part play it safe as the years have gone on, I realized my, my fear came from my own, you know, we, we talk about imposter syndrome a lot, is not thinking that we're good enough. And that really stemmed from my own inability to to be alone Yeah, and recognize that I could be good with myself. And I had to get good with myself before, you know, I really started working on that. I started, I went through the addiction recovery program, right? I started taking it step by step to to get to know myself a little bit better and to get, you know, get to know God better as well. And he was able to give me a lot of my brain back and recognize like, look, you are strong. You are a man and you got to realize what it means to be a man now. Mm. Man, that's powerful, bro, because there's, there's so much value that happens in that alone time. And I had the same problem. And even one of my boys called me out on it early on when I first started my career, I moved 750 miles away from home and I was always, um, I was always a hard worker. Like I was the kind of person I had a goal. I'd go towards it and I'd kind of get tunnel vision. So I started off my dream career and my two priorities literally were I'm at work or I'm at the bar. I'm at work or I'm at the bar. And one time my buddy even called me out. He's like, Ted, you're not cool with being alone. Are you? Because I would literally go from work to the bar and then I'd be there till shut down and then I'd be home and then I'd get up and what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? 
And I just couldn't sit still, man. And it was because I think the silence can sometimes be the loudest thing to a man. And that's when we have to confront our thoughts. We have to confront our realities. We have to confront uh, God. We have to confront ourselves. And we spend so much time running from that that we don't get to sit in that silence. But that's where that healing happens, man. Um, when you started that healing journey, what were some of the what were some of the benefits and the fruits that came about from that? Because I want to like encourage any guys that are listening, anyone that's dusty, which I want to get the definition of dusty from you in a little bit. But uh, anybody that might be listening, they have a little bit of dust on them still. What were some of the fruits and some of the the joys you got to experience when you finally started doing that work and addressing that fear and showing the courage? Because we still feel the fear, right? But you show yeah. the courage to go through that process. Uh, would you enjoy after going through that 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 tunnel? That's that's a great question, man. I mean, obviously the light was actually there at the end of the tunnel, right? Being in that in that solitude, right? You 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 were at the bar. I was I was out dancing. I was out trying to highlight every single girl I could, right? <laughs> Just trying to to hey. not be. <laughs> hey yo, hey yo, hey yo, girl. <laughs> like it was an issue, right? Um, but the the so coping skills were huge, right? That was one thing, recognizing, okay, I actually have the ability uh, to get outside myself for a second and recognize what's happening, right? I want to hit, I, I want to go dancing. I want to go talk to this girl. I'm sitting at the house. Why, right? I was able to ask myself why and take a step out and say, why do I need these other things? I don't need to go anywhere, right? I don't need to be with anybody else. I'm going to be all right. And finding other activities that would help fill that, right? We we talked a little bit about being bibliophiles, right? We love we love reading, right? Mm-hmm. I've always loved reading, but getting into actual self help books and not just into fictional worlds of Harry Potter and you know all over there, which I still love. I'm a Hufflepuff for life, but having actual help working on yourself right that was huge uh confidence was a big one that was a big fruit that i think came out of of actually getting to know myself again um because i didn't have real confidence you know that mm-hmm. face that i made i remember making that the same exact face in pictures in like high school ball you know me and my boys like taking those high school pictures like jc penny pics but yeah. like i'd have that face but that wasn't real back then like i didn't actually have real confidence or think like yeah yeah bring it like Anybody step up to me for real, I'd have been, I'd have punked out, I'd have backed out. But wait, 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 wait. Up, <laughs> yeah. Like, hold on, hold on. No, no, I didn't. Yeah, I mean that, right? But being able to to actually handle that solitude, handle. So I, I'm gonna go back to addiction recovery because it's huge, right? Step four. I don't know if you've ever messed with addiction recovery. You know the the, the big book, right? Step four is a personal inventory, okay? And inventory meaning writing down basically everything that's gone on in your life and what it actually means and what it does for you, what it doesn't do for you, and being able to unpack it and actually address it. Scariest point for anybody who's ever been in addiction, just being honest, right? I think that's one of the bigger fruits, being able to be honest with yourself and be able to say, I don't need that and recognizing what you actually do need and going after it and having the confidence to go after it. Yeah. Knowing that you can't. Yeah. Even like getting a text from my buddy was like, Hey man, that doesn't serve you, bro. 
that's what they want. I yeah. like that. <laughs> you know, and it takes someone that loves you to tell you that. Because sometimes we, we can see somebody messing up and we won't say anything. And I've learned that's not love, you know, to just let somebody slip and kind of turn your shoulder. And I, I'm in a spot now where I want and I expect my friends to let me know when I'm slipping or where my, my, my flanks are. But that audit is so, is so heavy. It's so hard because when you start listing everything and you take that inventory, there are some things that your ego is holding on to for dear life. There's some things that you don't want to let go of. And to that honesty aspect, to realize it's not serving you. And you gotta let it go. It, there's almost a mourning process to it. Mm-hmm. Like that loss aspect. Well, because that's all you knew. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's all you know. I, I had a buddy tell me that, you know, he he was afraid. Uh he had he had fear for being sober because he didn't know what that was like. Mm-hmm. Right? It was scary because he didn't know it. It was mm-hmm. the unknown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I straight cut you off, my bad. Yeah. No, you good, man. This is this is a conversation, <laughs> brother. Um how has um being a husband being a father played into uh that work because i found the hardest thing and i did a post on this a while back is i had to realize for me and the motivator for a lot of people we always will quit on ourselves like like, the accountability thing like if if i'm like i'm gonna work out tomorrow 5 a.m if i wake up i'm tired I hit that snooze button. But if, if you're like, yo, Ted, tomorrow morning, 5 a.m., we're hitting the gym. If I wake up at 5 a.m., I'm like, ah, oh, crap. He's expecting me there. I I can't I can't let him down. That accountability yeah. is usually what helps us stick to what we said we're going to do. So a lot of times the unfortunate reality is we can quit on ourselves before we quit on others. How has um, be, being a, a husband, being a father, um, dependence, right? Like on my taxes, I got these dependents I got to take care of. <laughs> um, Write it down. How has that, uh, I guess, adjusted your approach or maybe even enhanced the healing? Uh, it, it made it on a whole nother level, right? I mean, I talked about, you know, running around, just trying to try to get semi-close to as many girls as possible, right? I wanted to be surrounded, thought I was cool, that play of, you know, texting different girl, different times, you know, trying not to get caught up in my own drama. Like, it was dumb. It was stupid, right? Really, I was just a little boy looking for some some real love. And being able to have my own love for myself mm. um, allowed me to, allowed me to recognize, like, okay, I deserve better, but also everyone around me deserves better, right? They, the I forget who said the quote. Forgive me if it was an obvious person, but like you know, the the biggest, the the most dangerous thing is the the man that does nothing, right? Mm. Not necessarily a man that does bad, but you know, one that does nothing. Because uh, there's so much capability for us to do good in this world, and also so much for us to do bad, right? As yeah. C.S. Lewis said, you know, we're we're building either beautiful mansions or extraordinary hells, essentially, and so what what am i doing and getting married man I, I was working on myself before i met her i think that was a blessing that i had been working on being my best self and getting to know god for myself again uh before i met her and she actually happened to be doing the same thing like, we didn't mean to meet each other actually it was it was like her friends wanted wanted another friend to holler at me but i saw her across the way i was like hey yo i had to talk to her mm-hmm. and uh it was it was meant 
to be because we were both working on each other. And it's like, it's, it's bigger than me. You know, the me being my best self isn't about me anymore. It's a, it's about everyone around me. And my family is the most important thing to me in the world right now. Right. I got these two wristbands. These aren't live strong. Okay. This isn't Lance Armstrong stuff. These are from my, my wife. She got them for me for father's day a couple of years ago. It's got my wife's name, my kid's name. Families are forever. Right. And it's got one of my favorite scriptures is look unto me in every thought, right? Doubt not, fear not. And I think the scariest things were doubt and fear before, but now I know what I'm working for. I know what I'm living for. And I'm going to give my all to it because they deserve better. And it's like you said, you know, I wake up in the morning at five in the morning. I could be right back here in the gym in my unfinished basement. I'm not going to finish that you know, those last two reps, realistically, I'd probably give up, you know, five before because <laughs> I'm not holding, holding myself accountable as an issue, but having those other people, you know, it is legitimate inspiration and, uh, and motivation because it was only me before, but I thought it was only me, but it's yeah. not, it's everybody that I come in contact with. It's taking responsibility. But most importantly, the family. hundred percent. Yeah. And I, I hear that, like that responsibility aspect of, like you mentioned, not just your, your family, your circle, but all the interactions that you make and how you show up in the world. And, you know, what are you giving in this exchange? What are you giving in this, uh, this, in the middle of Costco aisle, you see somebody, you talk to them, you can give them love, you can give them uh, inspiration just in a quick exchange. And it's amazing how you mentioned working on yourself, leading to your partner because I experienced the same thing. And, and my dad was the one that caught me being dusty. <laughs> and I, I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast before, but my parents were visiting and my dad and I were sitting outside and this, this stuck with me, bro. He we're sitting outside, listening to some jazz, drinking a beer. And he said, Hey, so I found the pack of cigarettes in the bra in the closet. It was like left in the closet. And he's like, don't worry. I threw them out. Mom's not going to see them. I was like, Oh, you know, good looks, dad. And I thought it was that done right there. He takes a sip and he just goes, son, set your standard and demand it. And don't accept anything below that. And that hit me because I, I, I realized like, man, I was, um, I disappointed my dad in that moment. Right. Um, I wasn't acting up to the man he raised me to be. And um, that was the moment I started like, okay, I got to work on myself. And my now wife was just an acquaintance who observed me folding laundry one day. And to this day, she says, that's the first time she saw me attractive. When I was just like, hey, I know we're supposed to go to this barbecue, but I'm not done folding my laundry yet. I'm I'm sticking to my plan. I got to do what I got to do. And she says, that's the first time I found you attractive. And I was also, you know, hitting the gym a little bit. You know, I was in a wife beater, so you know, muscles were out. But <laughs> for me, that was, okay, building myself was what, attracted those things that I've always said I wanted. Right. And you mentioned, I wrote it down, little boy looking for some real love. Well, when you started becoming a man, that love appeared. Um, so the definition of dusty, what, what is dusty to you? Um, and, and what do you hope men can brush off themselves? Uh, that's, that's a great question. I, I feel like I want to get into it more because it's it's getting around, right? And yeah. I mean, we can use the word dusty, right? It's just like a go-to, like, how you dusty it? Like, you know, that's old yeah. school like that. But my thought process of it is 
quite literally and some of this is is scripture but you know when, when we're our worst selves right or even just our regular selves being raised up by somebody that's dusty right all we know is the dirt right if you are laying down in the dirt all you know is the dirt you don't really know how to get up if you're never taught how to stand up and rise up out of that dust it off and get to a cleaner living right and uh I'm I'm not gonna throw shade on Detroit right now, but I I spent two years in Detroit in '08 to '10, okay, right in the middle of the recession, and man, some people they they live in the city, right, and the city was just tore up, and I remember going a whole city block, knocking on doors trying trying to talk to people about Jesus, and like ain't nobody in the house because there's nothing there, but the people that were there. They couldn't get out. They didn't know anything better. They didn't know anything different because that's all they ever knew was the city. And I got mad love for the city. I got mad for love for the people there. But, you know, same thing when I was teaching. I was a teacher for a while. And I talked to kids about, you know, I try to get them planning, you know, monetarily say, hey, let's plan a trip somewhere, right? Where would you want to go? And I was from San Bernardino, California, Montana, California. They're like, oh, let's go to L.A. I'm like, what you going to go to L.A. for? It's like 30 minutes that way. Your cousins is there. You're always there anyway. Yeah. like, oh, yeah, but I mean, it's cool. Like, I'll just go over there. All they know is what they know, right? And like, and not saying they're dusty, but the dust of uh, of uh, ignorance when it comes to, to the things that matter most and how to treat our women, right? For me, right, my dusty son is all about, you know, focusing on making sure my kids, my daughters know what to look out for and what what issues can arise from that not to say the man can't change right but it takes some real work if they're ready to become those men and be real about the work then i support that but you know you ain't gotta try to like hold no hand and you know baby no dusty son because yeah. you're just gonna waste your time with some of them but that <laughs> dust is is ignorance it's laziness, it's arrogance, it's all the lack of self-control that came with not addressing your true emotions and your true self as a man. A lot of us go through it, man, and we have to go through those growing pains to get past it. Um, how do you hope to show up in the world as an example for your daughters in terms of the man they look up to. And I know you, you alluded to a couple of times, you know, ha having your mom and we've said on the podcast before, um, you know, shout out to all the amazing moms, by the way, out there who are, who are putting in that work that they're raising their oh, yeah. kids and they have to do it by themselves. This is uh, again, not, not knocking anyone's situation. Cause I know how hard I can only imagine how hard that could be. Um, but a lot of young boys, that grow up in a single mother household are still going to find a man to emulate. They're going to look for a man oh. to emulate, right. To identify with and relate to. Um, now you being on the side of being a father, how do you hope to show up in, in your daughter's world? And even with your wife as the example of, of what a man could be. That's a, that's a great one, man. And it's, it's something that I ruminate on all the time. That's what I think about, you know, when I, when I was coming up, the men I looked up to, you know, I was a young half black, you know, I played ball. That's all I did. So who did I look up to? We we joked about AI earlier, like every single rapper, every single professional basketball player, mm -hmm. uh, football player, all that. Th that's all I was looking up to. And then 
as time goes on, so many of these men, and not all of them, obviously, I got some friends that play and they are amazing men, but they get caught up in the money. They're all about, you know, several women all, all the time. And, you know, Gilbert Arenas, people bringing guns to the stadium and whatnot. Like, it's just a, a whole nother life. That's And, you know, who who am I to be if I'm looking up to these men, right? And that's all that's in my ear, right? Because I knew you you give me a song from 03 or for, probably from like 98 to, to 07. I know every single lyric to every rap song, right? That's just the way it was. And for for my girls, for, for my wife, I want them to recognize um, the unjust equalities that are there. Most importantly, they just I just want them to know how much they are loved, how much they are supported, and that w- what it means to actually be a man. And obviously, that's a bigger topic in the U.S. right now. But to be a to be a provider um, emotionally, physically, mentally, spiritually, right mm-hmm. on all those levels. What does that actually mean? And what should that be looking for in a, uh, you know, in, in care of them, but also, you know, be there for them on every level? And obviously, I can't do everything all the time. I'm going to make mistakes, and I definitely do regularly, like we said. Them kids, they're quick to call you out. Daddy, we don't say that. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. My bad. Uh, but recognize that I take responsibility. And I, I take, and I don't take that responsibility lightly. Yeah, I think those are the most important things to me that that they know. Dad, you know, I have I have songs, I have an affirmation song that I made up for them, just because I want things that stick. And when they get older, I want them to look back and be like, I remember when Daddy used to. You remember when Daddy used to? And I don't want it to be like. You remember when Daddy used to get the belt? Used to get the switch? Used to, and it was all things to do with fear. And and not wanting to be around me. I, I want, I want for my wife and I that, you know, I see some of these relationships where, you know, the mom and the kids are best friends. They hang out like as adults, right? They have their own kids and stuff. I want them to want to come over, to want to hang out, to want us to take care of their kids. You know, that that there's a actual relationship there, mm-hmm. and I think that was part of my issue not having you know, the father relationship is I want the relationships that matter most to me. I'm going to give it my all so that they're, they always have a safe place to be. Mm, that's fantastic, bro. What do you hope the world gets from the content that you make? And and I say that right now, looking at your Instagram page and man, I'm telling you, there, there's some dudes who go and go to sleep, wake up in the middle of the night with your face just staring at them <laughs> thinking, like in their head, but <laughs> like better not come at my daughter dusty. But <laughs> what, what do you hope that your content provides to the world when you make a post, when, when you, when you put it out there, um, what are some of the ripples you hope to, to make? Well, for for the people who fo- like are actually following me, and when they read it, when the, when they read into it, past the initial thought, right? Because the initial thought is like, oh, that's the dad that's going to be like, you know, cleaning his shotgun when when dude comes over. Like, nah, I I want you to just be aware, right? Know what's out there, and I want them to. I want the men to also be empowered by this because I'm not 
directly dissing anybody, right? I've had a lot of boy moms early on who are like, hey, my son doesn't do that. I ain't talking about your son though, right? (laughs) Unless you feel that way, if you're feeling something, might need to work on something. But I'm talking about the ethereal idea of what does it mean to be a man? What are some of the issues that are commonly coming out with men that that women have to deal with on the daily, right? The stuff that they talk about. And my comments are, my comment section are always full and they end up going back and forth. It ends up being kind of a a battle because it's a serious conversation. It's a serious argument that is going on. Like, who are these men? What does it mean to actually take care of our women? Now, we're not talking about gender roles. I'm talking about just giving your all, all as a man to a wife, what it is that they deserve, right? Because we are all legitimately like, I love that it's the noble knights, right? Yeah. Knights are fighting, like, it's supposed to be shiny armor. Realistically, that mess is dirty because they've been going to work. They've been going to war. They've been training. They've been handling business, right? And I expect that we are going to be doing all of that for our queens, you know, for the princesses who aren't just up there chilling in the tower. They're putting in the work too. Those dresses are dirty because they out there in the trenches with us. Cause this is it's a war right now going on for what it means to actually be a man and to step up and and handle responsibility. What I love is that there's people like you that there are a lot of us out here that are are putting in the work to try to recognize, like, yo, we got some work to do, but there are men out here that are doing it. Yeah. And we can do this, right? As there's so many in the millennial and just over that are saying, you know what, like, I'm going to do better than what I remember. Mm-hmm. And that's that's really all I want. Yeah, man, I just saw it's a statistic talking about millennial fathers spending more, I think it's like 33% or 86%, something crazy, more time with their kids um, than, mm-hmm. their, than their parents did. Um, and man, you hit the nail on the head when it comes to Noble Knights, because in the logo, you can't see it on the camera. There's a crack in the armor. And we always say, I was like, Every a lot of guys want to walk around with a clean suit of armor, but a clean suit of armor has never been to battle, bro. I want the dude who's got the kinks, they got the vulnerabilities, they got the cracks. They they all muddied up because they've been in battle, but they're still standing. And that's who I'm going to go to and be like, yo, how'd you do it, man? How'd you do it? And we said this before. I used to look up to those guys, those ball players, those those athletes, and and like they'd have all the women and the cars and stuff. And I used to look up to that. But now when I see a man who's married 20 plus years and his kids love him, like that's the flex to me. Like I want to mm-hmm. sit down with that guy. I want to sit like, oh man, how, how'd you do it? How'd you, how do you have a 20 plus year marriage and your wife still look at you the way she looks at you? How do your kids come and confide in you the way that they confide in you and they're adults? Like, how did you do it? Those are the things that I look up to. And honestly, looking at your content, I could tell that's exactly what you're building and what you're working on, which is why, man, it, it, it's an honor to have you on the podcast and just have this conversation because no man is a template, nor will he ever be. But we are working on ourselves and, and that community and having other brothers to correct us when we're wrong and also having that alone time and the time to look in the mirror to work on ourselves along the way is what helps us become less and less dusty each and every single day. So I, I want to make sure that the audience can 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 follow you, learn from you, laugh with you because you are funny, man. It, I, I literally LOL. And uh, 
my sister was the first one that sent me one of your videos. It was a tea party one. And then, then my wife sent me them and everything. So like, not only are, are you funny and you probably, and I can imagine you resonate with a lot of men, but there's a lot of women who are probably enjoying your content, especially if they have a good man in their lives. Women uh, love on that man, pour into that man because he's happy to pour into you. But how can folks connect with you and, and, and follow more of your work, brother? Uh, hey, absolutely. Follow me on uh, Instagram is the biggest at girl dad underscore E. Uh, you can find me on TikTok and the same as well as YouTube. A little slower on those, but I'll be coming with more. Believe that um, in the time coming in the in the future, we'll, we'll have a lot more uh, content as well as um, be hitting some other modes of, uh, of information. Right. Yes. Looking at, at some books and some uh, and some some low low help pieces. So as time goes on, we'll be working on it. That's fantastic, man. And uh, I'm I'm gonna have the the links to to your socials in the show notes, so people could just swipe up or open up the the description and and get that information. Go right to those destinations. Uh, the, the last question it, it it's usually the the heaviest question, which is why I save it for last. Um, what is something that you've seen right. or something that yeah yeah loosen up loosen up. Uh, All right. All right. What's something that you've seen or something that's happened to you that shapes the way you view the world as a man? Shapes the way I view the world as a man. That's heavy and, and that's hard because I feel like there's there's so many now, you know? Mm -hmm. I think early on, um, I mean, obviously, just growing up fatherless in a relatively cliche situation, black man, white woman, black man left, right? Mm -hmm. It's... Uh, it's it's been interesting learning what it means to be me you know um and i'm still i'm still learning that right i'm i'm trying to get it a, a lot more out of of every day by trying to be the best me and i wake up at 5 in the morning we talked about working out i try to do that part the most but i spend more time i think writing things reading you know reading the word in the morning and spending time with god to get to know me a little father was it mean to be a husband was it mean to be a young black man in america and how can i give back to that right um not having a father has always affected things right before I had kids, I think I cried a lot less, but the days that I did, it was usually Father's Day, right? Um, now it's a every Disney movie because I think of what it's like being a dad and being that dad in the situation. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and uh, I, I think the biggest one that hits me though, honestly, uh, comes from The Greatest Showman. It's actually one of my, one of my favorite movies. Um, and obviously the song Slap, fantastic, but the one that gets me is at the end right this is everything you ever want this is everything you ever need and it's right here in front of you this is where you want to be mm. and, and i think you know in the movie right obviously the true story whatever people beef with that but the, in the movie he lost his father very young didn't have his mom and he was looking for the adulation looking for people to look at him and appreciate him as a person to love him as a person, that little boy was still there when he was at his richest, right? Which led to him almost full on cheating with his wife and, you know, 
realize I'm on the other side of the country, you know, chasing after this dollar with this woman. We're the only people in this carriage. And oh my goodness, you know, it, it's getting slapped in the face with that. Like, oh my gosh, who am I now? And now from now on is also an amazing song, but he's running, sprinting back home when he realized what he messed up on and he's going to fix it. Right. And that has always stuck with me as far as I, I don't care what I didn't have, what I, what I lost, what I missed out on. Yeah. I am not going to miss out on what I have right here. Cause this is all that matters to me. This is everything I ever want. I wanted to be surrounded by girls when I was younger. I got two daughters, most beautiful things in the world. My wife, fantastic queen that I just adore. I'm surrounded by beautiful women and they are my kin. They are going to get the best of me always. Don't matter if she is the prima ballerina or a tree sitting in the back, I'm going to be there to support them and be there to be daddy because that's the most important thing that matters to me. I can see you in the audience right now crying, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> clapping. Mm -hmm. One of the first times I saw my dad cry was actually my sister was in a West Side Story and it was a play and my sister was out there doing her thing and my dad was sitting there crying and that was the first time I saw tears come down his face. And I I know I'm gonna be a mush, bro. I already know, <laughs> I already know. And I, I, I haven't said this on the podcast before, but by the time this comes out, it will be public knowledge and everything, but the wife and I are expecting as well. So I hope to follow in your footsteps, brother, and, and learn along the way. And we'll, we'll be little mushes together <laughs> as, as, we, as we watch the Disney movies and everything. So Eric Taylor out of Utah, protective husband, girl, dad, man, this, this has been fantastic. I, we can go on and on and on, but I, I, I got to respect the audience's time. Love to having you on brother. Thank you for your content. Thank you for your, everything you're doing. And just thank you for you being you, man. Doing my best, bro. Doing my best. That's all we're doing. Striving. We're staying muddy, but we ain't being dusty. Absolutely. That's, all That's we what the do. nights do. Yeah, we can be a little nice dirty, too. but not dusty. A little dirty, but not dusty. But <laughs> I'm going to recap some of the gems you left along the way because I, love, I know a lot of folks are working out while they listen to this podcast. Some are driving or cleaning, which, hey, if you're cleaning for the wife before she gets home, good looks, brother. Make sure that you do Let's what you Let's go. Can. Yeah, I saw that on your story before, man. I do the same thing. Make sure my wife can come home to a place of peace as much as I can. But come on, man. A lot of us are quick to point fingers, look around, say, come on, man. Maybe it's time to look in the mirror and identify that within ourselves watch out for that fear because that fear is going to stop us from the growth and from from the destination we know we could head towards that next step towards the better you is on the other side of discomfort and on the other side of fear and be honest be real take an audit take inventory of your life what's serving you what's not and identify that and let go of what you have to let go why ask yourself why so many of us don't ask why we do what we do because as eric said the dirt is all we know so sometimes we get stuck in that. And how many of us are little boys looking for real love? A lot of times we try and fill the void of our hearts with, with empty other with empty things, empty hookups, empty bottles, empty ashtrays. We are we are filling ourselves with the things that still leave us empty at the end of the day. Empty websites. You know what I'm talking about. Whatever you're looking Tell for, them, boy. Tell yourself, you got Tell to them. do the work. Because all we know is the dirt, but we don't have to stay dusty. We can get muddy by doing that work. Eric out here doing it. I'm out here doing my best as well, and you can too. So go ahead, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. Share this with somebody you know can get value from it. Love this conversation. Give us some love. Leave us a rating to let us know how we are doing. 
and put in that work because I know you guys are capable of it. Appreciate you joining us. And as we always say at the end of the episode, everybody wants the sunshine, but they don't want the rain, but you can't get the pleasure without first the pain. Let's grow. Let's get back to the next day. I think we're going to do a great job.